0: Good afternoon and welcome to Newsbreak Talk. I'm Genevieve Lanka filling in for Tadesh Hari Pashad who is in India for the next few weeks. But let's get into our conversation today. Shocking cases of incest, rape, murder and abuse within the family unit has left many communities around the country reeling. In Durban, a 51-year-old Havenside father is accused of raping his three daughters. The youngest daughter, who is nine years old, alerted a teacher who then reported the case. The district surgeon has confirmed that the child was raped. It is also believed that he had been sexually abusing his two older daughters for the past 15 years. He appeared in court earlier this week for a bail application. In another case, a 20-year-old son stands accused of killing his mother and father in Phoenix, north of Durban. Reports suggest that he continued to live in the house with the decomposing bodies before relatives made the gruesome discovery. While the merits of both cases cannot be discussed as they are currently in court... They do raise critical questions about family values and moral degeneration. Is the nuclear family unit in a state of decline? Well, you can give your views a voice this afternoon by calling me in studio on 089-310-8789. The views and opinions expressed on Newsbreak Talk do not represent those of SABC News or Lotus FM. Well, joining me in studio to discuss this further is clinical psychologist, Dr. Sharona Rawat. A very good afternoon to you. Thank you for joining us.
1: Pleasure, Genevieve. It's lovely to be here.
0: Well, let's uh, get it right into this conversation now. Uh, Shocking cases that have been coming through. And perhaps the question that everybody seems to be mulling is how does this happen within the family?
1: I think, you know, I mean, it's quite a broad spectrum question, and there's a lot of information that needs to be discussed in relation to this, but suffice to say that this is not a a, a new thing. And while it is a sensitive thing uh, and uh, upsetting, you know, and I mean, affects community and affects family and affects um, society in general, it's something that's been happening for decades and decades if not hundreds and hundreds of years so this is not a new thing this is a thing that happens I mean in cultures and communities a lot of times it's underreported and so a lot of times we are not made aware of lots of the incidences and things that are happening but from my experience and what I see um, you know with my work and that kind of thing that it is quite common and does happen quite often in our community so that being said people need to understand this is not a new thing this is a part of our social uh, structure, is a negative part But a part of it, and people need to Talk about it more, be more aware of it and have more Avenues open to individuals who are affected By it or who have experienced this kind of thing
0: a- And that's quite surprising to many because You're saying, listen, this this has been An ongoing thing, it's been underreported There are communities who've always said Oh well, these things don't happen in our Communities if they've happened in other communities It just does not happen to us Absolutely, and that's a misconception
1: It does happen across all cultures and Communities, Um you know, and I mean, as I said, it's been happening for hundreds and hundreds of years. And we've got a lot of cultural background, a lot of cultural aspects that could be discussed in relation to that. Uh, but the main point being, it's a, destruct- it's a destructive event and incident. And it's something that needs to be managed within society and community. So, that being said, while it is something that happens and has been happening and happens more often than people actually realize, it is something that we need to manage. And it is something that we need to try and discuss as a community and work towards at least minimizing, if not eradicating.
0: Well, it's interesting points because you're saying, well, let's look at managing this. It may not be a full eradication as such. But let's talk about the factors that would drive this kind of trend or behavior within the family unit. What are some of those factors that give rise to the unit being under attack, so to speak? Okay. In relation
1: to community and culture, you know, I mean, things have been changing. We're in a society of transition at the moment m- many different cultures merging and that kind of thing. Any community that's in a situation such as ours in a, in a, a situation of transition is weakened or vulnerable. So that's the first element that people need to realize. Secondly, this kind of an event is not necessarily because of pathology or a mental illness. Um, it does occur to individuals that may not be diagnosed with any kind of condition. Um, there are research and things like that that actually show that you know, familiarity, lack of bonding, mm-hmm. um, that kind of thing also impacts when an individual does not feel the constraints of a cultural norm, which is not to have sexual relations with somebody who is related to you,
0: That uh, does not put pressure mm-hmm. on that individual to conform. Let's talk about the word that you used, norm, because there was a study that was done and this was of course done a number of years ago. It was in 2011. Uh, It was a study titled Fractured Families, a Crisis for South Africa. It's Eddie, uh, uh, Gail Eddie and Lucy Holborn. And they say in this report that family life in South Africa has never been simple to describe or understand. The concept of the nuclear family has never accurately captured the norm of all South African families. Uh, Are we looking at perhaps a different set of rules and cultures that we need to explore when addressing this problem within the South African context that would vastly differ perhaps when we're discussing it in the American or perhaps even the British cultures?
1: I think, you know, culture has to be taken into context, but I think when it comes to incest, there may be a little bit of kind of leeway in the definition Mm -hmm. uh, but generally across all cultures and communities uh, incestual behavior between a father and a daughter or a mother and a son is frowned upon so that seems to be more of a common norm i mean i would say along many cultures that you'd find that present so that should not be an issue within our culture because if you look across our cultures i think the cultures that we are uh, that represent south africa along if i mean Almost all of them. I cannot say for sure because I don't know each culture totally mm-hmm. to the day, But you're going to find the commonality that incest is frowned upon. So that if is not, a norm. If,
0: if we have to look beyond just <coughs> incest, perhaps if we even uh, like some of the other cases that we've been discussing, murder, abuse or, or just that breakdown of that unit <coughs> per se, whether it's through divorce or conflict yeah. within the family unit. Is it a little different when we're discussing the South African family unit because of the uniqueness of our history?
1: I think it is a little bit complicated when we're looking at interrelational things, when we're pulling stats out or when we're looking at generalizing because we can't technically generalize across all the cultures within our community uh, with absolute confidence at this instant because as I said, we're a, con- we're a society of transition at the moment and so there'll be different norms and values coming up and going down and, and kind of self-adjusting as we go along until we as a community come up with a set of norms or values that are basically accepted across all the cultures in South Africa and you know are, are norms that we actually all identify identify with and agree to actually move forward with. So I would say that, you know, that that's an issue in relation to that. But again, as I said, with, in, with relation to incest, mm-hmm. it's quite a complicated scenario. If we're looking at murder and we're looking at other forms of violence and things like that, we're also looking at a bit of pathology, mental illness kind of things coming in, personality disorder, of substance abuse. There are a lot of elements that actually play a role in this. Oftentimes with incestuous behavior, it's over time and it's consistent over time, over many, many years, and it occurs early on. You know, and mm-hmm. a lot of times you can see that the the pathology aspect of it is not really explaining most of the behaviour. So with incestual behaviour, we're looking at other elements that are coming in.
0: Well, interesting points that are coming through, and of course we'd like to hear what you have to say this afternoon. That number to dial: zero eight nine three one zero eight seven eight nine. My name is Genevieve Blanca. You are listening to Newsbreak Talk, and we will be going to the lines right after this. So you do want to get dialing.
1: Newsbreak Lotus FM powered by SABC News.
0: The views and opinions expressed on Newsbreak Talk do not represent those of SABC News or Lotus FM. Well, good afternoon. If you just tuned in, you're listening to Newsbreak Talk with me, Genevieve Blanca, and we are discussing the decline of of the nuclear family unit in South Africa. We've had numerous cases of incest, rape, murder and abuse within the family unit and we're talking about the decline of family values and moral degeneration and perhaps you could answer the question as to how we can assist the situation. So you can give us a call 089-310-8789 to give your views a voice and joining us in studio to discuss this further is clinical psychologist Dr. Shirona Rawat. But let's go to the lines now. We have Morgan Pather that's joining us. Morgan, good afternoon.
2: Hi, very good afternoon, Jane. I Trust you're doing well.
0: Yes, I am. Thank you. You, you want to comment about this?
2: Ah, uh, yes, please. I just want to add to the point where you know, gone were the days when you had families with the regular visits, whereas now you had to call in a family member and say, "Look, can I come and visit? You've got to get like times. I can understand like work, etc., etc. But Generally, people use these as excuses to avoid family. And now, like, touching on the topic about the decomposed, have it been like regular visits? I'm not saying that there was a stigma attached to that particular family, but maybe with other families as well. there might be like you cannot come and visit at that time and that time. And so many things can actually arise at those points. So I'm referring about visiting, you know, so you, you,
0: you're also talking perhaps about the need for the extended family unit and that close relationship that yes. used to exist.
2: because the thing is I think people try to wave away from this now because the, 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 the general uh, excuse is, oh, we're working, we're doing this, we're doing this, we don't have time. It's just that they just want to avoid this. But if we look at the biggest screen, like this incident that happens, had there been more frequent visits with people, then maybe there won't be these kind of things. We can probably avoid these type of
3: things. It uh, just my take. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, that's a very good point that you are raising, Morgan Patha. Thank you for your contributions on the show this afternoon. Uh, We are still taking calls so you can get dialing right now. We'd like to hear what you have to say. Of course, in both of the cases that I have cited this afternoon, we will not discuss the full merits of the case as it is in court currently, uh, but we are discussing the issues around it. And the point that Morgan Patha had raised, Dr. Rawat, is the need really for the regular family visits, the extended family unit. And that's something that we used to see Uh, specifically in the South African Indian community in, in times past.
1: Absolutely. That's where the cultural element comes in. Um, because when we're looking at family visits, we're looking at calling in before you come, we're looking at hectic work schedules, we're looking at a lot of a Western kind of way of living. And that's kind of something that has become more and more and more part of an Indian culture and community we're trying to integrate mm-hmm. that. So that's a part of the transition that I was speaking about. Um, that does bring its own problems into the scenario. Because, because the it
0: not to say, like you were saying before, that these incidents didn't exist when all of these were in place
1: yeah they did exist mm-hmm. um and obviously you know we look at need to look at stats and things of like that as to how much how how uh common was it and that kind of thing but it did exist and it was significant so if we're looking at it now we're looking at maybe things getting a bit worse per mm-hmm. se because this uh, defragmentation of our culture and our community is allowing little gaps and, and corners in here where now people can actually uh, maneuver this kind of thing should they have an intention to do it or if it suddenly happens upon them, opportunity is there. And this is what we're looking at with that familiarity thing in relation to incest. We find that if there's a connection and um, with the parent and child, where there's an acknowledgement right at the beginning that this is my child and they view the child as the child. Mm-hmm. So the bond is strong enough with that the roles are, are kind of enforced. We don't find so much where a parent then later on will kind of blur the lines mm-hmm. and look at the child in a different manner. Secondly, there's a bit of an opposing element that comes in here with that familiarity sometimes also brings in that, uh, that kind of attraction. So because there's opportunity and because the individual you're familiar with, you feel a bit comfortable with that kind of thing, When we're looking at those scenarios, we're looking a lot of times at the big age gap. So there's an adult and a child, and the power dynamic comes in there as well. And sometimes you find maybe there's that attraction, and that can sometimes lead inadvertently to something much worse. So opportunity also is an issue in in the And where you
0: have the extended family unit as such, Hmm. those kind of... uh, Incidents can
1: be curbed, so to speak, it can be. But I have seen many, many situations where um, there's everybody's in the home, the grandparents, are they often in the grandparents' homes, where uncles and aunts, aunts, people are in other rooms. There's people around, so in the conception that. Um, you know if they're alone and isolated and just on their own totally and this happens in in that scenario alone is a misconception because but that's that's, that, that's
0: a good point to take up on just in, in a few minutes because perhaps then we need to be speaking about what those around them should be looking for in terms of those warning signs Absolutely. but let's go back to the lines now we have Sheila that's called. Sheila good afternoon good afternoon i just want to say sex
4: without consent is right it's not even incest i just and also um, this thing about uh, what was happening for ages or eons of time I don't know when that was acceptable and to whom morality across uh, cultures and I know people of all different cultures um, this is totally unacceptable behavior yes, where a father point, who, uh, yes. who has given birth who is spam has given birth to that child to have uh, sex with the child um, is, is, uh, is unheard of it's uh, I mean, yes, it's incest, but it's rape. Uh, And the psychological damage to the child and that child's future, what kind of a parent or adult would do that to ruin a, a child's life? No ordinary thinking individual will behave in such a manner. And therefore, uh, you cannot say that uh, there's nothing wrong psychologically with, uh, with an adult. There's definitely something psychologically wrong for someone to behave like a predator. And of course, um,
0: that's what we are discussing this afternoon, yes, Sheila, and, and, and the question perhaps that I'd like to pose to you in context of this conversation is, how does the family nuclear unit then assist in creating a healthier environment for children? Uh, are we looking at possibly the decline of that family unit and therefore we're beginning to see more of these incidents on the rise?
4: Yes, definitely there's a decline within that family unit because um, if the mother knowingly allowed that to happen, there's also something seriously wrong where the child then cannot even discuss it with uh, with another adult and of course... uh, Somebody else has to notice it until, the, and and the child automatically feels very really ashamed of such behavior and will not want to discuss it openly as well. So uh, these are issues, and I think these are moral degeneration in our society. People have to be taught a listen that this is not acceptable behavior. Uh, we have to set models and standards within across all our communities. Even the issue of drug addiction often family. Uh, They feel ashamed of it. They're ashamed to tell somebody, oh, my child is a drug addict, you know. And to deal with the issue and they don't deal with it immediately because I know of so many people who don't do that they don't even want to admit it even in, um, in any case even with the rape or, or uh, you know, abusing a child yes. they don't want to admit it because they're ashamed of it. What would other and people say? that's a good say? point
0: that you're raising, the whole issue of shame and is bringing shame to the family Sheila, thank you for of course raising those points and just a reminder we're not discussing the full merits of either of the cases that I've cited this afternoon. It is in Court, but let's discuss some of those issues that have uh, perhaps come up around these cases this afternoon. Louis Palais, good afternoon.
2: Good afternoon to you, good afternoon to the listeners, and good afternoon to your guest. I think, you know, we can talk till we blue in the face. I'm a former member of the Domestic Violence Helpline, the Domestic Violence Network. Now We talk about family support. We talk about respect and moral that we lost. But where we're losing sight is schools need to introduce the vernacular classes, medras, the Sunday school, the Boy Scouts, the Girl Guides. You know, those are the things that we can teach children. If you look at the incident in happened in Spingo years ago where the two grandsons raped the granny, I think that was, you know, a really upset of it. But where we're actually losing out is we do not sit together and have supper. One is in the bedroom. The other one is in the cell phone. The other one is watching TV. We do not sit as a whole family and talk about things because people are not sitting together. I think, you know, we need to talk about all those things and bring about respect and morals and the family support together. Thank
0: you, Louis, thank you for raising that issue, the issue of bonding within a family unit. Uh, Perhaps that's another point that we will be discussing with clinical psychologist Dr. Shirona Rawat. Uh, But let's start firstly with the issue of shame that Sheila had raised, because this is a big issue. You know, I don't want to report this case because even though I know it's going on because it's going to bring shame to my family. I don't want to discuss this because I don't want people to know that my son's on drugs. They'll think that I have failed as the parent this is a really big issue perhaps that we need to tackle in our communities
1: absolutely I mean it, it's an it's a natural response to something like that happening to you and with the other element that also kind of puts a halt to you know reporting and things is also feelings of guilt and that's another thing people don't often like to talk about but a lot of um, Victims of rape and incest and things also have a bit of uh, guilt that they feel in that did I contribute to this? You know, did I in any way um, you know add to the situation? A lot of times these things are ongoing when we're looking at incest, and so mm-hmm. an individual sits with guilt, thinking that you know maybe I should have spoken up earlier. I didn't say anything before. Now it's too late to say something. You know, so it's my fault in a sense also that this is happening. That's also something that stops people from reporting.
0: I want to bring in a different element to that though, because there's also neighbours and uh, people Absolutely. within the Community, because in many cases you would hear community members saying, Yeah, but you know, I, I had a feeling. I knew I saw you know I didn't say anything because it's Mm. not my problem Mm. it's not my business Mm. and this perhaps is an issue as well that needs to be discussed in our communities. Absolutely. I think people need to be educated
1: much more clearly they need to have like a checklist of what constitutes you know crossing a boundary I think people are unsure about those things and yes they are afraid people are afraid to say something and in case they're wrong in case something's not going on then you know you messed up things or you spoiled relationships there should be some kind of like you know avenue that people could go to with like you know where anonymous um reporting or or the steps or procedures where people actually look into and this is
0: something that the Crime Stop line actually would assist with you can call the Crime Stop line and leave an anonymous report nobody has to know that you've done this
1: absolutely so that kind of thing those numbers need to be out there so Mm -hmm. people even have a suspicion of something and I mean then this has to be followed through as well so Crime Stop has to follow through on something There has to be police involvement there has to be people that handle these things properly and discreetly get involved first see what's going on investigate thoroughly Mm -hmm. You know, take the next steps, put it into a procedure. There should be a protocol that is followed, that irrespective... As soon as a complaint is made, it goes into that protocol, and that protocol gets followed. That's what we need. We need structure and consistency, and people need to feel safe that they can actually speak about these things, and something will be done about it.
0: Well, we are approaching half past one now. And before we go to the other issues that have been raised by our callers, such as the vernacular classes and the Girl Scouts, as well as perhaps even the bonding within the family unit, let's speak to Mrs. Governor, who's called us now. Mrs. Governor, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Genevieve.
3: Good Can afternoon.
0: you hear me? Yes, loud Hello? and clear.
3: Okay, Jenny. We okay. Um, the problem uh, is there. The problem was there all along. We have to find solutions. And one of the uh, most important thing I I'm, I know as little girls and as we are brought up, and our parents warned us about being touched by others, especially males, and um, not to undress. Presence of strangers and and male uh, figures and and stuff like that. Okay, your dad gives us a bath after a certain age, and as soon as we reach puberty, because of certain culture cultural um, you know activities and uh, religious activities, the uh, members of the family were notified right, this girl has come to puberty age the neighbor, people in the neighborhood are also aware of the fact. And there was like a vigilante, you know, when this girl child went to school, walked back from school, and how she behaved and things like that. The innocence of that child, you can notice, but the moment that girl's innocent is stolen or taken away, there is a total difference you can see in the behaviour, the very very uh, cautious, suspicious way she will be looking and talking. She will be avoiding people. These are little subtle things that uh, people just uh, um, kind of ignore. You know, they say, know, oh, the child is shy." She's uh, no, she's she's frightened. But there there are solutions I, I thought of. Like I know uh, um, I, I'm not a, a uh, mm-hmm. religious but Christianity but I, there's one method that they use where they go and like a, a confession box. They don't see that person would... In Roman Catholicism. Catholic. I think mm-hmm. like uh, in schools and stuff like that, they should have like where they can go to not see who they are talking to, but go and talk and then the parents must encourage children to write down the feeling Write down exactly what happened during the day and uh, and how they
0: are feeling, the fear and stuff like that. But you know and that speaks about involvement. Uh, that that's it. that uh, yeah. really does in uh, you know stipulate that there's got to be a, a great deal of involvement from schools, yes, teachers, yes, parents. Yes. Mrs. Mohammed, I'm gonna uh, Mrs. Governor, I'm going to leave that with you more, now for a thing second. One more I want to tell you. One yes. more thing.
3: Sure. We used to have girl talks where little girls were also included in that in this circle. So they were aware what was going on with us and what
0: should they be afraid of and Mm -hmm. be aware of. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Mrs. Gavenden. Those are really crucial points that you've raised. I want to get back to some of those other issues that were and points that were brought through by our callers. Uh, Firstly, let's look at the issue of uh, sitting as a family and bonding as a family. Because the caller was absolutely right. You have families who'd even be sitting together at a dinner table but are not communicating, are not talking. They're on cell phones, they're preoccupied with television, and, and this makes it a little more difficult to break the silence so to speak
1: I think you know when we're looking at those things we're looking at healthy bonding we're looking at healthy relationships between the parents and children and that goes right back to the beginning what have you decided you want in your family? What kind of family do you want? What kind of relationships do you want? How much effort do you put into your children? How much effort do you put into your spousal relationship? You know, do you have any discussions with your family? Have you decided on what your family values? Especially now with our community in transition as it is now, mm-hmm. where our cultural values have been diluted. And the checks and balances are put in there to prevent some of these things from, from happening because, as I said, it's a time-old thing. It's not that we agree with it. It's just a time-old thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, are not there. We need to sit down as families now and discuss what do we want? What kind of family? What are the rules? How do we interact with each other? You know, what but time do we it's spend it's together? It's great to
0: say send? that, but I don't think families really do that. Do families sit down and say, listen, this is the type of family environment that I want. This is the type of conversations I mm. want to have. You know, I want to implement. Friday mm. evening mm. is mm. just family evening. Mm. Uh, do do we need to literally schedule this down now? I think we do need to at the
1: moment. And I think with shows like this, we're where professionals like my are talking and people have access to knowledge and information. I think those people, if they follow through, will be having this conversation. I think a lot of older generation and other people have by f- default and because they've had in their own heads and minds, this is what I need. So they've taught by example. So when the children were fighting, they pulled them together and they said, okay, this is not right. This is how you do it. This how you treat your sister. Mm-hmm. This is how you treat your brother. So they did it by default, but they did do it. And that's where you find the healthy relationships come in. What we are saying now is that because there is an element of uncertainty in our environments and a lot of stress and anxiety that we may have to plan ahead and bring these elements in what appears to be unnaturally
0: mm-hmm. in order
1: to set a precedent so that we can move forward.
0: Uh, well, I want to touch on the point uh, that uh, one of our callers had raised concerning vernacular classes, yes. uh, Girl Scouts, Sunday schools, Absolutely. Mulana Muhammad-Tariq. Mm. Uh, he was at the funeral of uh, the parents that were killed in Phoenix, north of Durban. And he had raised a very critical point. He even mentioned it in an interview with executive producer, Salman Patel. He says that every religion teaches us respect for parents. Absolutely. You know, in biblical terms, Absolutely. they say, honor your mother and father and Absolutely. you will live long. Uh, mm. In in the Hindu religion, Absolutely. your mother is likened to a god. Mm. You have got to respect your elders. So do we need to get back to those religious morals irrespective of what your world view is
1: well, absolutely. I mean, look, I think the religion plays a huge part because it teaches us a step-by-step process. That's what it is. Spirituality is about how you feel, what you think, and you believe in uh, God, and you believe mm-hmm. in higher powers and things like that. It's the broader philosophy. But religion is a step-by-step process. You know, this is now, this is, I tell you how to do it. So you choosing which way you want to do it and which way you feel the best. But that's basically what religion is. It breaks it down into steps. So those who don't have the philosophical understanding of where that's coming from can at least practice the steps to try and get to that point. Mm-hmm. So all these things are inculcated in that. So religion because is Because morality important.
0: will come from that foundation then.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And these principles thought, like you said, respect your, 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 your parents mm-hmm. like us, like that's at the feet of our moms, you know, that kind yes. of a thing. So uh, those things all play a part because you thought that from a young age and you're working with those principles and those principles are guiding your own life philosophies. Again, they play a part in those family values that you bring in. How do you manage that? What do you do? You know, how do you handle certain situations, that kind of thing? It comes in from your culture, from your religious beliefs and things, from a whole array of things and comes together into a workable package. And it's that package that you are enforcing. Now, before, our cultures were very much more closed. Mm -hmm. And so those things didn't have much of a threat from outside influence to get dropped or, or kick to the side, you know, <laughs> or take given less importance. And so it seems second. that more
0: p- perhaps more t- uh, technology and more information is out there. We seem to be moving away from our religious beliefs. Absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm going to leave it there with you for just a moment, Dr. Rawat. And uh, we're going to be going to the lines as well. So that number to We continue this conversation right after this. I'm also going to be speaking to police spokesperson uh, Lieutenant Colonel Tulani Zwane and he's going to be giving us an update about the search for the one month-old baby girl who was abducted in a hijacking in Durban yesterday we do understand that the car was found in Montclair yesterday but the baby is still missing and we do uh, we will get an update as to how the search is going for the little baby girl so stay tuned as we bring you a lot more still to come on Newsbreak Talk the views and opinions expressed on Newsbreak Talk do not represent those of SABC News or Lotus FM well, good afternoon. I am Genevieve Lanka, and this is Newsbreak Talk. We're talking about the decline in the family unit, the nuclear family unit. We're raising critical questions about family values and moral degeneration. And if you want to be part of this conversation, 89 is the number to dial. Joining me in studio is clinical psychologist Dr. Shadona Rawat. We have Sinesh from Pinetown who's called us. We're also going to be speaking to Ramba right after that. Sinesh, good afternoon. Good
5: afternoon, Genevieve. Uh, you know, I just caught onto your show, and I heard the last comment about the mothers being regarded as a god in you know the Hindu religion and so on. But just if we talk about this generally, I mean, mothers these days, uh, is, and the focus seems to be a lot on girls. Uh, and uh, since we, you know, the focus is on girls, we need to reflect on the moms because these days the moms, you know, there's this competition of them being just as young or even younger as their daughter. You know, uh, always competing with the different types of makeup. Uh, they want to go to clubs, you know, then there's the alcohol aspects. Uh, then, you know, when the daughters are on uh, the various social media like Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, the mothers want to do the same. And then you see all these postings of pictures of the mums, you know, who want to be just as young as uh, their daughters. And, you know, they also encourage to a certain extent for their daughters to go and do certain things, to go out and. Sort of test the field to meet uh, so many different people before you actually settle down in life and so on. So I think the overall, uh, this generation of mums, there's this huge competition that goes on between moms and daughters where moms want to be just as young or Th- that's younger. That's a very as a
0: interesting point that you're raising, Sinesh. You're saying that there's, there's got to be a clear line between who's the mother and who's the daughter, and exactly. that the mother's got to set that moral foundation exactly. for their child. Yeah. Well, Sanish, that's a very good point that you're raising and one that we will be discussing further. Thank you so much for your call. Welcome. Ramba, good afternoon. Good
3: afternoon, gentlemen. Thank you for taking my call. It's a very good topic because we read this in the media. It makes our heart cry to what's happening to our children, our parents. You know, we really love to hear what uh, Alvin Chucky brings on air at four in the morning, respect your parents. The parents must also respect their children. The respect goes both ways. If you are the biological father of those daughters, it depends on how these daughters dress in front of the men of the house. The dressing is very, very important. I really, uh, I really agree with the scholar that came in now. You know, it's a dressing. And another point I want to bring up is the drugs. The drugs that kill that parents, that boy he must have been addicted to drugs for him to do this. And we've written the paper of what he did with the money and how he sold the things of the house.
0: Of course, we're not discussing the actual case itself, but you, know, you, you raise good points and thank you for your call. I'll leave it there with you. We're not discussing the actual case itself. The matter is still in court, but yes, drugs is a huge issue in our communities as well. And we've seen and heard on the program and how this has affected the family unit. Lorraine, good afternoon. Hello. Hi, Lorraine. Go ahead. Yes. um, Hi, Genevieve. How are you? I'm good, Lorraine. You have a comment for us. Yes. uh, I just want to say, with the
3: Indian community, it's so, so important.
0: Besides culture,
3: you know, and uh, it's it's important the way we bring our children up, irrespective of drugs and whatever. But, uh, you know, culture plays such an important role. And uh, you you need to respect your parents, either divorced or in a, you know in a, a marriage thereafter or whatever. but it's it's, it's your upbringing. it's so, so important. And, you of know course because the, the way the course, that you
0: the way that you were raised will be probably the way that you raise your children will probably be the way that they raise their children. I'm a
3: stepmom, mm-hmm. you know, but I'm married for twenty five years, but you know what? at the end of the day, take the children. Bring them in as your own, respect them, they will respect you.
0: Lorraine, thank you for raising that. And perhaps it's an interesting perspective that you're bringing in because a lot of times step-parents are often vilified and you're talking about how that relationship can actually work. Yes, exactly. Well, thank you then for for that. We do appreciate the call. Thank Um, you. And like we've been mentioning, we're going to be speaking to a police spokesperson, Tulane Zwane, in just a moment. We're going to be getting an update about the search for the missing one-month-old baby who was abducted in uh, a hijacking in Durban. The incident occurred at the City View Shopping Centre, which is previously known as Game City. The baby was wearing a white vest and a nappy when hijackers ejected the baby's mother and eight-year-old brother from the car. So we're going to get an update on that. But a number of points that are coming through. And Dr. Robert, let's talk about this a bit further because Lorraine brings in a different perspective. And when we speak about the nuclear family, we speak about the biological mom and dad and, and the children. But the, you could also have that healthy environment when you have a blended family.
1: Absolutely. I mean, look, we're looking at again at roles. I think one of the other callers also kind of picked on roles a little bit, you know, the role of the mom, the role of the dad, that kind of thing. I think it's about the individuals, the adults actually taking on and adopting that role and accepting it as part of who they are. And I think, you know, once you do something like that, so even if you didn't know the child growing up and you know the child now, the fact is that if you accept and acknowledge that role and you take it on as part of who you are, it becomes very difficult to see that child in any other way. So I think that that is important mm-hmm. first of all to know who you are and what you are to the child.
0: Now, you know of course uh, uh, Ramba who had called had mentioned about the way a child dresses in mm-hmm. front of a, uh, an adult and we're not suggesting in any way that that's an excuse for any form of abuse. Absolutely. Uh, especially because in your home environment you know you would want your child to be yes. free enough to be able to yes. you know dress and, and and enjoy their home so to speak. But I want to come back to the point about Talking about issues, you know, uh, lots of callers have, you know, spoke about, you know, my mother taught me good touch, bad touch, you know, uh, who, who, how people should respond to you if Mm. you're not comfortable. Mm. But is there a tendency to sometimes force children to go and hug? and kiss and greet people that they may not necessarily be comfortable with. Absolutely, absolutely. Especially little young children, they grow up all the time being the little uh,
1: kind of uh, love in the house, you know. And everybody who comes in, they hug and they kiss. And I mean, Sometimes it's actual people, they don't really know very well and you encourage them. So I think, yes, it's about boundaries and parameters. And I think one of the other mm-hmm. callers mentioned respect for people, both uh, you know parents and children need respect yes. for each other. I think that's also important.
0: Because oftentimes if a child doesn't want to go to an uncle and sit on their uncle's yeah. Yes. Lap and kiss the uncle then yes. oh, your child's being rude. That's, right. that's the perception that's right. given.
1: So we teach a child that they have no control over the situation, that they have no say, that this is something they have to do because an adult told them to. So you're looking again at how you're bringing up your children as well. So that also plays an impact you know, as to whether they will actually stand up for themselves or not, whether they'll be assertive or not. Um, so, they, so there's a lot of education involved. And as good parents, you would be doing that automatically as your child grows up.
0: Well, we will be going back to the lines in a moment, and we will also be giving you that update about the missing baby. But if you just tuned in, you're listening to Newsbreak, talk with me, Genevieve Blanca, approaching the last 15 minutes of the program. Still so much to discuss. So you do want to get dialing 89 the number again.
4: Newsbreak, Lotus FM, powered by
2: SABC News.
0: Well, good afternoon. You're listening to Newsbreak Talk with me, Genevieve Lanka. I'm filling in for today, Hari who is in India for the next few weeks, and we're discussing an issue that perhaps many families don't want to discuss, and one that has become crucial over the past few weeks. We're talking about family values and moral degeneration. Uh, is the nuclear family unit in a state of decline? And joining me here in a studio, of course, is uh, clinical psychologist Dr. Sharona Rawat. Now, we are going to be speaking to police in just a moment moment uh, of course uh, it's about the baby who had who's missing uh, she was abducted during a hijacking in durban so we'll be giving you the details of that in just a moment i do believe we now have captain nobile Guala who's on the line good afternoon captain good afternoon uh, well firstly can you what can you tell us about the search for the baby girl
3: the search is still continuing for a, a one-month-old baby that went missing yesterday during the car checking, uh, in the Devon central area. Uh, the members of the subs as well as the various stakeholders are also involved uh, in the search uh, for the missing baby. The baby is still missing and the, the police are still uh, uh, searching for the baby.
0: We understand that there's now a reward for information? Yes, there
3: is a reward of
0: up to two hundred.
3: For anyone who might have information about the whereabouts of the
0: missing baby, has there been any leads thus far that you have received? Are you following up on any perhaps calls from the community yet?
3: Yes, we are still trying to gather some information, and we are also appealing to the members of the community to make sure that they provide us valuable information that leads to the recovery of the missing baby.
0: For those, uh, there are many members of the public that are concerned about this particular case and want to be involved in the search. Is this something that you are opening up to the broader community and how can they get involved?
3: Yes, the members of the community are also involved in the search of the missing baby, and we are also appealing to the members of the community to make sure that they report to the nearest police station if they want to be involved in the search uh, for this uh, baby.
0: Thank you, Captain Nobile. We do appreciate your time on the program and the information that you brought through. All right, thank you. Well, there you have it. And if you want to be involved in the search for the missing one month old baby who was abducted during a hijacking in Durban, well, go to your nearest police station and perhaps tell them that you do want to be involved and they'll be able to give you further details concerning that. Well, let's get back into the conversation that we were having this afternoon. We're talking about the decline of the family unit. And perhaps in wrapping up, let's talk about skills now that families can adopt. Uh, one of the perhaps methods that You spoke about uh, Dr. Sharona Roberts was having the conversation and scheduling in the time. What else can families do perhaps to rekindle the family flame, so to speak?
1: I think, I mean, look, we're looking at existing families at the moment. So my suggestion would be for them to sit down and have a discussion as to what everybody thinks, you know. Where do you think we are at as a family? Are, are all of you happy? Is there something you'd like change? That kind of a thing. And I think that would be a good starting point because then at least you have something to focus on and work with. If you're looking at individuals that are thinking of getting married or have just gotten married and don't have children, as yet or things, obviously they're starting off right at the, right at the beginning mm-hmm. and they can sit down and decide. Okay, mm-hmm. what kind of family do you want? What do we want our children to learn? Obviously, you're not going to know everything all off the bat, you know. Yes. But we're looking at just a basic structure and guidelines as to how would you like to do this. Because, you know, one of the things that comes up and came up a lot was roles. And we've got to decide in the modern community, roles are very kind of, what would you say, neutral, you know. And when it's, our cultures, there's very distinct roles for men and roles for women. So, you know, you've got to look at how do you want to play that? Which way do you want to go with it? Because
0: you mentioned the roles, you know, distinct roles between men and women. Mm. But uh, what is uh, this point that Sinesh raised? Mm. You know, you, you're beginning to see now in our cultures, a lot of the times that moms and daughters don't have that boundary line or roles. Yes. yes. So yes. how do you begin to address that situation?
1: Absolutely. And I mean, they're looking, as I said before, we're looking at from the average individual to extreme pathologies. Mm -hmm. So it's a very, very vast... Um, you know like area we 're looking at, and it 's very difficult to give general advice for the average individual because there are individuals out there who may have pathology that needs to be sorted out so when we 're looking at issues like you know moms competing with their daughters, there could be other elements playing in there where the bond didn 't um, develop between the two of them, um, and that kind of thing so there 's other issues that may be impacting, and so individuals need to understand that when they listen to 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 our discussions and things that we're talking about in a general kind of a manner right so mm-hmm looking at a mom that's competing and a mom that maybe also is doing some of the things that the teenagers are doing at the moment and a mom that may be using drugs because I find a lot of the time these days uh, the, the drug use I mean is across the board men and women old and young um, professional and you know just finished high school uh, you know it's yes. just um, it's just across the board and we're looking at just any kind of individual so you can't even say that this person is and that person isn't so drugs and all that would also affect the situation again now that's going along the lines of pathology as well so 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 there is the average individual and there are degrees of deviation from that. So people need to understand, should they find it's overwhelming? they need to seek help for that because it's not going to be easy for them to manage those kinds of situations on their own. Sometimes it can
0: escalate out of control and get worse.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: you do need assistance with that kind of thing. Let's talk about, though, you know, just how suspicious should you be? Because in many cases, nobody wants to, you know, perhaps consider mm-hmm. that your husband, you know, that you've been married to for 15 mm-hmm. years or 30 mm-hmm. years or, you know, your, your son could mm-hmm. be involved in some act of abuse or rape. Mm-hmm. So, so how suspicious should you be and, and how do you manage that element? You know, do you go around in your house looking at your partner saying, mm, are you?
1: I think you use a bit of common sense. I think your partner shouldn't be, you know, like bathing with your 10-year-old daughter. You know, so I mean, you use common sense. Some people feel that they, you know, just want to go down the middle, and you know, he needs to take equal time bathing and, and doing whatever the children. But you've got to look at now what is appropriate and what isn't. So I think appropriateness also is a measure. And that being said, again, the average individual, if you do not understand what appropriateness is, or if you had incidents yourself growing up, you may need advice and assistance into deciding as to what is appropriate or not. I've seen
0: a comment recently on a, a, a closed group where a woman that says, listen, you know, I walked past my, uh, my daughter's bedroom. Uh, my fiancé had gone in to wake her up, but I saw him tickle her and it was on her thighs. Is that okay? Isn't that okay? Do we need to see extended groups like this that can advise?
1: Well, absolutely. I mean, because, I mean, as I said, on the, in, within the average individual, you do need... Um a space that you can go to to ask these kinds of things simply and without strings being attached. A lot mm-hmm. of times people are afraid because people will think bad now of the fiance or they think oh, something else is going on, whatever. So you do need a neutral environment sometimes. Especially actually. in the case if
0: it actually really was an innocent act.
1: Absolutely. Well, it depends how old the child mm-hmm. is. As I was saying, you've got to look at appropriateness. How old was the child? Was it a baby? A six-month-old mm-hmm. baby? Or was it an eight-year-old girl?
0: Mm-hmm. You know?
1: I mean, where on her tie. Well, what was he doing? Does he do this behind your back? Or is he does he do it openly? Mm-hmm. Um, some people are very demonstrative of, of affection and love, and you might have to rein them in a little bit uh, with the appropriate aspect. Yes. Because also you're teaching your daughter, if you're allowing this to happen here, then is this okay? So if somebody else accidentally, or peers or acts as if they accidentally did that, is she going to be confused? Mm-hmm. I said, oh, was that accidental? It wasn't too bad. But, you know, um, my mom's fiancé does. So You know, maybe, you know, it, it brings in that confusion. So sometimes you need to work with boundaries and parameters and be clear. These are children. They do not have the capacity to judge complicated situations. So when you are giving them rules and things, you are assisting them in, in making decisions on the spur of the moment.
0: Well, like Mulana Tariq had said, then, you know, you need to have the religious bodies as well that's getting involved to create perhaps those avenues where you can go and speak. Absolutely. I mean, look, we're
1: looking at uh, the, the family, the parental units. And as we said, now it's no more technically the nuclear mm-hmm. family. Now we're looking at extended, like blended families, and we're looking at other kinds of families as well. I mean, if you're looking at uh, same-sex marriages and things like that, we're looking at a lot of different things coming in. So it's not just a nuclear, so it's actually a broader, you know, scope. And as he was saying in one of the other callers mentioned about the um, social element, so you're looking at like religious um, organizations, you're looking at schools, you're looking at other NGO kind of things, like this Girl Scout things and stuff like that, where they're also teaching kind of principles and values and that kind of thing. Also gives the children a lot of different avenues and a lot of this different ways of being exposed to basic values and morals and things within the
0: community. Uh, and what I hear coming through from this is that you're, no, you're not isolated then as a family. Yes so that your child does not only have you or your partner, but then has an extended community that yes. can assist them.
1: You see, with our Indian community as well, we never really went down that nuclear family kind of thing. Yes, I mean, of course, you lived with your
0: granny, your grandfather, yes. your uncles, your aunties. Right. Yes. So there was a
1: huge group of people that you could get support from mm-hmm. and very strict um, boundaries.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so, you know, as I said, although these things still snuck in here and there, but the thing is that it was, I would say an environment that was not very conducive to this mm-hmm. kind of thing happening so people had other people to go to plus other people were noticing things so somebody would come to you say, why is so and so why is she so quiet all of a sudden and mm-hmm. they all say, you know i've been so busy i didn't notice i didn't notice but she's just growing up a little bit i thought it wasn't anything and they say you know i think it's something else she's very different this and that." So you had information coming in from other avenues where if you had missed something somebody else brought it up and that is another thing that maybe not visiting and not having this close uh, encounters with extended family is also robbing us
0: off. Well, let's speak to Kane now. Kay, good afternoon.
6: Ah. Hi, good afternoon. Look, I-, I listened to your program and uh, very interesting. But the major thing that is missing from all the comments and so on is education. Now I know during my time at school we had the state nurses and the municipal nurses that used to come on a weekly basis and talk to our girls, talk to the, especially to the girls, educate them on sex education and so on. That is missing, missing, missing now. I think the the government has to play a very important part in employing these people, qualified people, to talk to our girls.
0: Well, that's an important point that you're raising. But, Kay, if I could push you a little further on that. You know, government can, of course, have all of these uh, perhaps avenues put in place. They can have the nurses coming. But ultimately, what goes on in your home? You know, parents have got to take responsibility as well.
6: Yeah, I know the parents Mm -hmm. have to take responsibility, but the point is this: there is an avenue for these young girls to open up, open up to somebody, not to the teacher, but to a qualified nurse. Mm -hmm. You know, of what's going on and so on. Is this right? Is that right? And these nurses used to go and pay visits to the parents. You know, uh, that kind of uh, communication and interaction was so important because the. Children will know, or the young uh, adults will know, that at one point or the other, certain things are going to be brought to their attention, not only to the school, but also to the
0: Uh, Mm. Well, Kay, thank you for raising that. And yes, that is an important point. And the last point, perhaps, that I'm going to raise with you because we have fast run out of time, Uh, Dr. Rawat, just the element of education here. And Kay mentions the need for the nurses and, and teachers. But perhaps in your final comment, if you could also talk about the education within the family unit as well.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I think it's important for parents to have discussions with their children and to have that relationship with them which is open, where the children can actually come to the parent with a difficult or unusual situation. Um, I think, you know, we also can't roll out siblings. I mean, children also, if they have a close family unit and they're close to their siblings, they don't only have their parents they can go to. They actually can go to their siblings as well. And like
0: Kay's mentioning the nurses and, and the guidance counselors perhaps. Absolutely, absolutely. There are avenues
1: out there. And I think, you know, one of the things in this country that we need to do is we have to kind of get those numbers and that information out there um, you know in relation to who people can talk to and you know where they can go and that kind of
0: and there are a number of toll free lines you have child line that's a toll free line you have the crime stop line that's a toll free line Uh, you can call Bobby Bear for example as being another organization Uh, so there's quite a few uh, places in which you can turn including your welfare organisations. advice desk for abused women yes advice desk for abused women is also one of them so uh, Shadona thank you so much for your time and for joining us on the program Pleasure this afternoon. Thank you. And that's where we have to leave the program this afternoon. Thanks to our team. That's my executive producer, Salma Patel, and in-studio assistance by Hafsa Mkhizeh. Don't forget to catch Newsbreak Talk tomorrow because Prabhashni is going to be joining you, speaking about an explosive topic the, tomorrow afternoon, and that's the SASA crisis. So we'll be eager to hear what your thoughts are on that particular matter. From me, Genevieve Lanka, have a blessed weekend further. I'm going to leave you with the news with... Tracy Validem and thereafter Varshan's going to be keeping you company for the rest of the afternoon so stay tuned for more on that